0: Welcome to the Shabbos learning project of this year. Each year uh, we attempt to tackle some important and relevant uh, halachas of Shabbos for a few weeks in the winter following the Shabbos project, Shabbos. Um, And this year we have some exciting topics, some very relevant topics. Um, I'll start this week with uh, noting a running joke that I have with a good friend of mine in the show. We meet each other at Kiddush and often remark as we examine each other's stains that it's uh, time to start a business of you know dry cleaners insurance um, for parents of small children because we know when we get dressed for shabbos uh, in our freshly laundered or freshly dry cleaned clothing that it's going to be a matter of minutes if not seconds before that freshness is no longer and this, this, this truth of the matter is, it doesn't just apply to parents of small children. At some point over the course of Shabbos, everybody is dealing with spills or stains or dusts or dirt building up somewhere or other on a garment, and uh, it's important to know how to deal with it, and important to recognize that this is actually a Av Malacha. We're dealing with a, one of the major categories of prohibited work on Shabbos called Malabain, or the told is called kibush Malabain Means literally, it means lavan is, is white. It means whitening clothing. In the days of old, maybe even nowadays as well, uh, it was necessary to whiten clothing before it was dyed properly, and that would cleanse and clean out uh, wool, for example, that was sheared off of a sheep. Then they would whiten it, and then it would be um, ready to be dyed. A tolda, a corollary of malabain, is kibos, which is uh, laundering. Laundering clothing is one of the 39 prohibited acts um, on Shabbos. So it's very important to get this straight. So we can't clean things on Shabbos. Does that mean that uh, we can't wash dishes on Shabbos? I mean, if you take a dish that has dirt on it, put it under the water, wash it, clean it with soap, then it's something that was an object that was dirty, and now it's clean. Is that prohibited? Is there an easy way of getting out of doing dishes on Shabbos by claiming that it's asr, it's prohibited on Shabbos? So the answer is no. Why is that? Why is it not prohibited? Aren't you cleaning? So laundering isn't just cleaning. It's more than that. Laundering is the process by which a garment that has some absorbent property absorbs dirt, and by through the, through the laundering process, you extract that dirt, thereby improving, somewhat improving, that garment. So that doesn't apply to uh, to washing dishes. Nothing's absorbed, and we're not dealing with garments. We're dealing with vessels and utensils. So therefore, there's no issue, unfortunately, with, with uh, at least with regards to cleansing uh, dishes on Shabbos. There may be other issues of preparations. You have to know how to clean dishes, and we can't use sponges. But with regards to the laundering aspect, it doesn't apply to cleaning dishes. So what is the malacha of molabein? So as I said, it's taking dirt which is embedded into a garment and removing it through one of the three methods of laundering. Uh, even contemporary washing machines, there are three cycles. There's the soak cycle, the scrubbing cycle, and the spin cycle in a washing machine. And that mimics the way that we used to, or continue to, hand wash items. First you take the item and you soak it in water, and then you scrub off the stains, and then you wring out the water. That's how you get things clean. So we're going to model this shear, this class, um, with those three categories. Soaking, and then uh, scrubbing, and then wringing. And with those three categories, we hope to address nearly all of the um, practical angles, of this malacha, so starting from the, from the top, soaking, one is not permitted to soak garments in water, even a little bit of water. You can't add a little water to a to a clothing which is stained, uh, because that begins the process, and sometimes it itself allows for the removal of the stain. therefore, it's prohibited to soak garments in water. Shriyaso zehu, zehu kibuso says the Gemara, soaking it is tantamount to laundering it. And it's not just soaking. Uh, Pouring a small amount of water on a stained fabric, um, which is called sharia, pouring a small amount of water is also forbidden. But it's important to recognize which garments this applies to. Any garment which is pretty absorbent can't be soaked on Shabbos. And by soaking, I mean not just leaving in a basin of water, but also just uh, getting wet on purpose. It would be an issue. So um, you know, any sort of uh, cotton or linen or uh, any normal um, material that's used in clothing uh, falls under this prohibition. An exception to this rule would be non-absorbent materials, materials like plastic or rubber. Even leather, which is somewhat porous, is not subject to this prohibition of soaking. You can't scrub or rub leather, which we're going to discuss a little bit later, but soaking leather is not an issue. And therefore, if your shoes are stained or they have some mud on them, on Shabbos one would be permitted to pour some water over those leather shoes in order to get them clean. You would just have to be cautious about not pouring the uh, water onto one's shoelaces because that's not leather, and that would be subject to the prohibition of soaking uh, or pouring water. So if you had some sort of a stain or spill or sticky part of your counter or a table and you wanted to clean it on Shabbos, um, what you would do is uh, place some water on the stain or spray the stain and then wipe it up with a paper towel or, or a towel. What you should not do is wet, uh, take a towel, wet it first, and then apply that towel to the spot. Um, because even before you get to the issues of wiping off the spot, just wetting the towel um, can already be an issue of soaking on Shabbos. So if that's the case, uh, perhaps you'll get excited because you may be able to wash your dishes on Shabbos, but why is it permitted to dry them on Shabbos? Washing, as we, as we said before, does not fall under the, uh, the prohibition of kibos of laundering, but when you are finished washing the di- those dishes and you want to dry them, why is that permitted? You're taking uh, wet dishes, you're taking a dry towel, and uh, you're drying the dishes with the towel, and now the towel is getting, ex- getting um, exposed to water. It's going, being soaked. It's coming in contact with water. So why is that permitted? And the answer is because when you're drying a dish, even though the dish is clean and you're using a towel to get it more clean, what's happening to the towel? Is the towel getting cleaner or is the towel really getting dirtier? So generally speaking, Even though there's not much dirt on the dish and also not much dirt on the towel, if you would ever do dishes and uh, uh, wipe them with a white towel, over a short period of time you would see that there's dirt that builds up. There's oils in the water on your hands. And therefore, the sum total of your action does not lead to greater cleansing, but it leads to greater dirt. And therefore, since it's derich lichluch, since it is the way of getting dirty, not the way of cleaning, it is permissible to use towels to wipe dishes and the like and wipe hands and the like on, on Shabbos. Now once we're dealing with drying things and wiping up spills, so we're learning that it is permitted to use a towel to wipe up a spill um, if you're sitting at your table and somebody knocks over a cup of orange juice and lands on the floor. So how do you clean it up? So we, we said before that if it's If what is happening to the item that you're using, the garment you're using to clean, is that it's getting dirtier, then there's no prohibition against soaking it in in this liquid. However, there's a separate prohibition, um, which we're going to learn about a little bit later, which is getting a garment wet when you might be tempted to wring it out. So what that means is that if you want to clean up a spill, you can't use a garment that you particularly care about. You can't use, I don't know, an undershirt or or um, some other type of a garment which is lying around that you might be tempted to use if it's an emergency, you can't use it. Chazal, we're concerned that if we use a garment that you would uh, be tempted to wring out, then you might go ahead and do so, and that's a, um, that would be a malacha. So you can't use that type of a garment, but what you can use is towels or rags, that, like a dish towel or rags that you use for cleaning up spills, and certainly paper towels that um, are disposable and that you would just throw out, wouldn't come to wring. So, What we're adding to the general idea that soaking garments is prohibited and that um, applying wetness to a garment when the sum total is going to be uh, dirtying and not cleansing is permitted, we're adding a caveat that it is not permitted to fully saturate and soak a garment that you may be tempted to afterwards wring out. Practically speaking, it doesn't come up that often. The way we treat our spills in our kitchens and dining rooms and shows is to use rags and paper towels, And that is totally permitted, as long as we stay away from squeezing and wringing, which we'll talk about in the third part of this class. So that's section number one. That is prohibition against soaking a garment. Now we'll move on to section two, the next step in the cleansing process. After the soak cycle comes the spin cycle, Um, spinning or rubbing or scrubbing. That is the next prohibited action. So um, one can't take um, clothing, even with, forget water for a second, even if you have just a stain on clothing, you can't take both ends of the garment and rub it together so that you can remove this, the stain. Um, you also can't do it with your hand or with a brush or any other material. Rubbing a garment to remove a stain is also a prohibition with and without water. Now, we said before that there's limitations to the prohibition of soaking based upon the materials. Only really absorbent materials are relevant to the prohibition of soaking, like cotton or linen or even polyester. Um, we said before that leather is exempt from the prohibition of soaking. And again, soaking means not just literally soaking in a basin, but also pouring water, getting a garment intentionally wet to clean it, would be included. So what about rubbing? The Gemara and the Shulchan Aruch are clear, that even though it may be permitted to soak leather or to pour water on leather, it is not permitted to scrub or rub leather. Uh, It is that middle ground category that is semi-absorbent. It's not absorbent enough to be subject to the prohibition of soaking, but it is absorbent enough to be subject to the prohibition of rubbing or scrubbing. So that's um, leather. What about other non-absorbent materials? What about plastic, for example? Rav Moshe Feinstein uh, had grappled with this issue back in uh, Chuva written in 1972, Tav Lamid Lamed Bez. Rav Moshe writes, that even though it makes sense to assume that a non-porous substance like plastic would be permitted to rub and scrub, um, since it would not be subject to the prohibitions of cleansing, since it's not porous, it doesn't absorb anything. But he writes there that since this is a new substance, which wasn't written about by earlier sages, and they didn't have a chance to analyze and guide us on this matter, one should stay away from rubbing plastic. Um in a way which is similar to rubbing sides of clothing together. He rules there, he says that if you want to rub plastic gently, that's okay, but not forcefully. It's very interesting to note that a possek, the caliber of Ramosha Feinstein Zatzal, who is not afraid to go out on a limb and be innovative in his um, response and in his decisions. I mean, anybody who's listening to this podcast... And does not keep Chalav Yisrael in the United States of America is most likely relying on a strong innovation by Rav Moshe Feinstein. That's just a very everyday example. But Rav Moshe was not shy; uh, did not shy away from um, making innovative and 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 bold psakim when they were called for. And yet, in this area, which one would be very tempted to say, ah, plastic, there's no prohibition against rubbing or scrubbing plastic. It's plastic. It's non-porous. It has, it's more of a dish than it is a garment. Nevertheless, Sir Moshe Paskin, that one should not be scrubbing plastic uh, forcefully. A light, gentle cleaning would be okay. So that's something to remember when dealing with, uh, I don't know, raincoats or, or plastic tablecloths and the like. Into this section of scrubbing, I'm going to throw two things that are somewhat connected, even though it's not exactly the same thing. The first is generally removing stains, and the second is uh, shaking out clothing from dust. So, but what I mean by removing stains is removing. You have a, uh, some chalent falls on your on your suit jacket or on your blouse. Um, how what can you do? What can you do, and what can you not do? So. We obviously, we know, we learned, that you can't scrub the clothing. Uh, you can't take a napkin and rub it against the, uh, the stain. You can't take both ends of the clothing and rub them together in order to cause the stain to, to be removed. That you can't do. So what can you do? Is there anything you can do? Do you have to just leave it? So there's a difference between a moist stain and a dry stain. When it comes to a moist stain, um, if you can perceive, if you can tell, that by removing the bulk of the stain... Let's take that chalant example. So you have a delicious drop of chalant on your clothing, and there's uh, some barley, and there's some potato, and there's also the grease of the chalant, and it gets stuck onto your, your clothing. So if you would take a knife, for example, and just scrape off the surface dirt, you would still have a stain on your clothing. And since you would still have this stain on your clothing, and the part that's really embedded in the clothing doesn't go away, therefore it is permitted to remove the excess, the thickness of the stain, because you're not really doing anything to cleanse the actual clothing. So when you have a moist stain, and in the vast majority of cases, a moist stain um, will leave a mark even after it's removed, so you could take uh, an object, you could take a spoon or a knife or anything like that, and remove the thickness of the stain and just leave behind the part that's uh, that's in your clothing, and after that, you would not be allowed to re- try to remove it further or scrub it or anything like that. That's when it comes to a moist stain. When it comes to a dry or crumbly stain, so uh, that gets a little more complicated because if the item which is left on your clothing, for example, if you have some mud on your shoes or on the bottom of your, of your pants or, or a skirt, um, if you remove a dry uh, patch of, of mud then very likely in the course of removing it, that mud will crumble. And now uh, we're dealing not only with the possibility of there being um, kibbus, of laundering, but now there's an issue of tochin, of grinding, of uh, taking a substance and grinding it down, which is a separate malacha. And therefore, when it comes to dry stains, unless we're dealing with food, which is already pre-ground, when you're dealing with dirt, which is the most classic example, you should not uh, even touch a dried... Uh, dirt stain on your shoes or on your um, on your clothing, because by doing so, you may cause it to, you'll likely cause it to crumble, which is a separate prohibition. So this is, uh, what we're discussing here is removing stains in general. And so we said, number one, you can remove a mo- the top, the thickness of a moist stain, just not the part that's embedded in your clothing. And when it comes to a dry stain, so if it's something which is not yet pre-crumbled, like dirt, then it's advisable to stay away from it altogether. Now, let's go to the second subcategory here, which is not removing stains by scrubbing and not removing stains by taking off the thickness. But what about dusting clothing? We're going to put this under the category of, uh, category number two of uh, scrubbing because it has, it's similar in action. So the Gemara says, If somebody shakes out his talis, his, gar- his cloak on Shabbos, he is schayef, he is liable um, a Shabbos prohibition. What is this referring to? So Rashi understands that it's referring to dust. If a person has dust on his garment and he shakes it out forcibly, that is a strict prohibition. Tosfos learns that what's being referred to in the Gemara is not dust, but dew. It's wet. And that's why there's a prohibition of laundering. Whereas Sephardi halacha, the Shulchan Arach, paskins like Tosfos, and therefore the only issue of shaking out uh, uh, clothing on Shabbos uh, according to the Shulchan Aruch, is wet clothing, Ashkenazi halacha follows Rashi um, and the Ramah who paskins that shaking out a garment a dusty garment can be a prohibition, it could be a very serious prohibition on Shabbos so um, that is, that's an important halacha but it's also important to note that surface dirt is not included and some posts can differentiate between uh, dust or confectionery sugar or baby powder, which contains very small particles that gets embedded into the fibers of clothing, versus lint or hair or some say even dandruff, which doesn't get really embedded into the clothing and it remains on the surface. Having dirt on the surface of clothing and removing that dirt is not a problem. The Clothing is not effective intrinsically by that dirt. It's like the Ramah says, if you have a feather that rests on your garment, there's obviously no prohibition against removing that feather. Um, So that should guide our behavior when it comes to dusting. So if it's real dust and it's really dirty, um, you can't shake out the dust. That's a prohibition. If it's just something that rests on the surface of your garment, then it would be permitted. However, it's also very important to note that this prohibition against dusting clothing only applies in certain circumstances. It only applies if a garment is significantly dirty, and the owner of the garment would choose not to wear it normally. So if you were getting dressed in the morning, and you took out a jacket, and that jacket had uh, dust on it, and you wouldn't wear it outside, then that type of jacket And that type of dirt, you would not be permitted to clean on Shabbos. But if you had a little stain um, or a little bit of dust resting on the, I don't know, the collar of a jacket, and during the week, it wouldn't really concern you. Yeah, you might brush it off just to look extra good, but it wouldn't really bother you. And you would go to the store, you'd go out, you'd go to a meeting with that little bit, and you wouldn't uh, bother taking out another jacket, then that type of dirt is permitted to remove and to dust on, on Shabbos, so it's really subjective. It depends on your attitude um, and your style. Rav Shomel zaman Orbach notes that if a person, generally speaking, wouldn't care about a, a little bit of powder that falls on his on his uh, his sh- sleeve, but specifically for Shabbos, lechavur Shabbos, to honor Shabbos, he doesn't want to walk around with powder on his sleeve. That doesn't count. That does not mean that it is prohibited to remove that powder. It's your normative weekday behavior that governs this halacha, interestingly enough. So if there's only a small amount of of dirt, or it's insignificant, would not prevent a person from wearing that type of clothing, it is mutter, it is permissible to brush off that dirt. Um, So it really depends on the person. It's an interesting question, what about a child? If a child gets his clothes all dirty or dusty, the child really doesn't care, but the parent does. So, um, who gets to decide <laughs> if they mind that this clothing is dirty? If it was the from the child's perspective, so the child doesn't care, and therefore be permitted to dust off his clothing. But if the uh, if we go with the parent's perspective, a child, uh, the parent does care, and therefore would be prohibited to dust off the the clothing. The same question is not just with regards to children, but let's say I have some dirt on my collar. And it doesn't really bother me because I have small children and I always have dirt on my collar or uh, right next to my lapel on my jacket. But you come and you're very sensitive and you're very kind and you want to clean off my, uh, my, my suit jacket. Um, and it's something that does bother you. So it doesn't bother me. I'm the owner of the clothing. It does bother you. You're the one who wants to clean it off. So who gets to decide if it's okay to do so or not? Is it the owner, and it depends on the owner's perspective, or does it depend on the person who's coming to clean the clothing? This is a uh, subject of discussion in the uh, uh essays on the side of the page called the Bear Halacha, and he remains undecided. So therefore, common practice is to stay away from that scenario, and even if the cleaner uh, or the owner doesn't mind, if one of the two of them, mind, meaning they wouldn't ordinarily wear this garment, it would be prohibited to, uh, to clean on Shabbos. With regards to kids, so contemporary postgame, I think I saw this in the Art Scroll uh, a book on the Malachas of Shabbos by Rabbi Badner, um, he says that the case of a katan of a child is not comparable uh, to the case that the Bear Lacha is referring to because a katan doesn't have uh, a developed sense of, uh, of hygiene and of cleanliness, but if he would, then he or she would care about the clothing, and therefore it might be a bit different. So that was a bit of a relevant but parenthetical aside. The point is, we can't dust clothing on Shabbos unless it is a type of dirt and a type of clothing that you would generally be unconcerned um, about that dirt. However, uh, it's important to note that there are some exceptions to this as well. In scenarios of kavod ha of the, for the sake of human dignity, um, let's say somebody is going to Shoal, and a uh, dust storm comes and, and gets all over their clothing, and they're just they're terribly embarrassed to walk into Shoal with, uh, with dusty clothes. So in that case, the Mishtaburah rules that there is a, a leniency here that a person can ask a friendly non-Jew to help dust off the clothing. And that's because of the opinion we related above, which is that according to Tosvos, there actually is no prohibition against dusting clothing on Shabbos our Ashkenazi practice is to follow Rashi, and we, uh, we stay away from it. And not only do we stay away from it, but we recognize that it could very well be a prohibition, uh, a biblical prohibition on Shabbos. But in cases of great need, um, this is one area in which we are allowed to ask uh, non-Jew for help. And as we near the 25-minute mark of this class, I thank you for listening. I hope you've learned a lot. I learned a lot in researching and, and uh, presenting this material. And we're going to stop here this week. Next week we'll move on to our third and final step in the cleansing process, and that is the prohibition against wringing or squeezing out clothing. And in in that we'll also in that category we'll also discuss uh, baby wipes and uh, some other additional um, tidbits that have to do with this malacha. So let's just review very briefly, give you the uh, the chapter headers that we discussed today. Number one, we introduced the concept of the. Malacha of Malabain, of whitening or of laundering. Um, we discussed the first step in the process of laundering, which is soaking. We talked about which materials are subject to that prohibition and the leniency uh, in the case when the garment and in question is becoming dirtier and not more clean. That was the process of soaking. And then we moved to the process of rinsing and scrubbing. Talked about the prohibition of scr- scrubbing clothing both wet and not wet. We talked about the concept of stain removal, when a stain has some thickness to it. And finally, we ended this, uh, with our discussion of dusting clothing on Shabbos. Stay tuned next week, and have a wonderful week and a wonderful Shabbos.